Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at spartanforge.ai. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 114, and on today's episode, Dimitri and I, we were joined by PA native Lyle Harvey. Lyle talked about his 2021 season and where he looks to improve upon for next year. We also discuss how he uses deer behavior, scouting, and long-term data to improve and hopefully be more successful in the big woods. We also discuss food sources and how he hunts benches with some drainages, all that type of stuff. We loved this conversation and hope you do as well. We also were joined by Bill Harvey when we were on Bullhorn before we had Lyle come on. So we really hope you enjoy that piece as well. Bill is a great dude. Definitely check out Shed Fest. There's still a couple shirts left. Definitely check it out. You could win. He talks about it here, a grand prize from Kafaru. So definitely listen and check it out. Enjoy this fun episode, everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather. Antler up. All right. So, hey, we're live. Uh, we're waiting for Lyle Harvey to get there. here. Let's see. Just got a recent email notification. We are live, which is good. So people are on. So, <laughs> Bill, Lee, Lyle Harvey, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's your long-lost cousin, Bill. I, I've been, met, been meaning to... Uh, message you and, and ask you why don't you give a call in bill call in right now i haven't talked to you in a while hello can you hear me i could hear you we're getting better at this bullhorn thing yeah you got to go live in order to hear each other that's the trick yeah well i was live oh i can't see your face take that advertisement off the screen all right hold on i'm not buying nothing anyway so just <laughs> how about now coming from a true salesman yeah, if it if it was a school bus, you'd buy it, Bill. It would, <laughs> but I, I don't even have those to sell today. So, yeah, I'm just here. I, I got a notification that you guys were live. So what's up? What's up, man? Nah, we have uh, we're waiting. Hopefully, Lyle comes on. I mean, he's a fellow Pennsylvania hunter. He he listens to the podcast and wanted to talk hunting and talk about PA hunting and figured, heck yeah, why not? Nice. What's, What's that on your hat? Is that like a like a caveman with like a, yeah. like a spear or something? Yeah, I, I think it's like Blackbeard something. It's what Black Rifle Coffee. I don't know. It's like a patch hat thing. I actually got surgery done on my head, so I need to wear a hat. So, <laughs> Jeff, uh, they try to put a brain in there. Or yeah, what pretty doing? much. I hear. Look at. Could you see the video right now? Yeah, I can see you. Here, look. See, look at that band. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Straight up decap, huh? Right. What the hell? Is um, everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. It everything's uh everything's taken care of. It's just uh it I needed to get something pulled out of my head and then uh <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Nice. So are you sad that we're not gonna be with you attack? I am, man. Dead? I am a little bit. I am. I'm not gonna lie. Actually I found I'm out really I found out. The way that went down. I know. I just don't get it. But Tim's coming. He's shooting with our group. Oh, is he? He got one thirty. Gotcha. So I'm fired up. I mean, other than you, Bill, uh, and and your brother, I, I mean, now now, Bill, were you trying to do the group and putting everybody in like one person? No. Hmm. No, I don't. I don't know what happened because I, you know, I I got in the queue there, like it, you know, the countdown was going. Hi, I was just wondering if there was anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you ordering pizza? No, I'm in the hospital with my wife right now. Oh, at work? 
Yeah. Okay. No, like she's in the hospital. Oh, everything okay? This is yeah, like turning into very. She's having what? Well, okay, sorry. No, it's not funny. Nothing. <laughs> 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 so back to back to tax. That was uh, it was a mess because I think I got off on the timing, and like maybe my internet lagged or something. Okay. And then you guys started messaging saying that you were getting signed up. And then all of a sudden, like I went to click to sign up and everything was full. I'm like, what the hell? So, and then I started checking other slots and I couldn't find any other slots that had enough openings to put us in them with just three or four of us, you know? Right. So it just, it is what it is, but it's just getting hard. I think so popular that it fills up before you even get a chance to breathe. Yeah. Well, I know I talked to somebody and they were saying they had a group of, I think four or five, but the problem they were running into is they were using like one computer, one person, and then going like signing up, going to that ad participant and doing it that way. By the time they got the fifth person on, the spots were all filled up and ran into a similar situation. So, I mean, technically, if you want to semi-large the large group, you have to have everybody do their own and pick the same time. That way you can get through it yeah. within a minute or two, or you might yeah. as well forget it. But you got to all be like sitting there, like <laughs> in the same room doing it at the same time. Like it's, it's a very coordinated thing. It's, it's difficult to get it all to line up, you know? I like the, and idea, that's the hard part when I you're like, trying to go with a group of people. It's just tough to do that. Yeah. I like the idea though, of what, what you guys are doing. A little partner outdoor shoot. Yeah, I was actually just on the phone with, with Dan from the Huntworks, and we were just talking about that, actually. And so, I don't know, we might try to do something small this year and see how that goes, and then, you know, maybe grow it in the future. But Do it the same way and bring competition to TAC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have, it'll be, it'll pretty near be as big as TAC. You yeah, know? why not? Yeah. So, I wonder- right, well, I'll, I'll get off for the other more important Harvey. I just, uh, thought that was hilarious that your guest is my long lost cousin Lyle. That's funny. <laughs> well, I wonder if, if tax going to get to the point, if you want to shoot a group where they almost have to do a lottery where like you get like the early yeah. invitation, then that way you can register everybody like freely and pick your spot just because, I mean, it's going to get to the point where if you want to shoot with a group, you might as well forget it. You know, it's going to be everyone for themselves, but. Oh, they're either going to have to make the venues larger with more targets and more opportunities, or they're going to have to have there be more events, you know? Yep. Like, and it's hard because they travel all over the country. I, like, it's a, I don't know how the hell they do it to organize the whole thing. It's a lot. but Well, they have so they need to add more courses, and I know that's, even, that's difficult because of the space that you're, you're given. Well, and I wonder if they open it up all week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe go Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. And I know they're traveling, but they could space them out a little bit uh, more throughout the summer. And, you know, I mean, if people are willing to shoot Thursday and Friday, I mean, people will take off well, on I mean, Monday, Tuesday, I was gonna Wednesday, say, I was going to say, you have, like, people like Ian, uh, you know, they're fortunate to be their own bosses where it's like, you know what, screw it. On a Monday, I am going to go shoot or whatever. Well, and it's in the summer. Most people are doing a vacation out of it right. anyway. So, right. I mean, geez, you'd probably get more people shooting five days a week. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I like it, buddy. What uh what else is going on? Everything else good though? Yeah, no, things are good. How Fine, things are fi- good. Finding any sheds up there? 
Uh, we had like a good week and a half of the snow melting and it was like good, uh, good conditions to get out and actually kick around and find some sheds. So we did good for a couple of weeks there, but then we got, you know, this cold snap again with some snow on the ground. So it kind of derailed it, but it's supposed to get hot weather wise, like fifties and sixties this week. So be prime time to get out and walk around. Yeah. We got a few, few left that we didn't find the matches to that three good ones on, on the farm that we didn't find the matches to. We just found one side. So left to get out and track them down here before the leaves come on. Well, you, uh, I, I loved getting the email the other day too, from the NDA about having the shirt on there and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's sweet, dude. I'm, I'm pumped for it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just bought the pack. Um, Kofaro actually had that sale the other day, that flash sale. Yep. They're getting, trying to move some product. Uh, so I bought the pack and frame uh, and took advantage of that deal because it was better than the one that they were giving me. So I reached out to make sure <laughs> that if the person who won needed a different size frame, that we could uh, coordinate that and they had no issue. So I ordered the, the tactical frame and the, the Striker XL. So that's the grand prize for Shed Fest. So yeah, anybody who hasn't entered yet, still got time got some shirts left so that's awesome dude i love i got a lot of compliments i wore the shirt to school uh last week when we still were in school and uh people were like dude that shirt's sweet uh they love the color like just the black with that gray was just awesome and the design was great so uh it's i'm excited for it did you end up getting the, the package i sent i did i i haven't both your package and jim's package are sitting on the table okay good. and i have yet to open them they're going to surprise me as much as the person that wins them, I think. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm glad. But I just, no, I, I did, I did get them. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, man. Anytime. It's awesome. Um, yeah, we, uh, we're, uh, how much snow do you, do you, uh, have yet to melt? We probably got six or seven inches over the weekend. It's yeah, about right yeah, eight up on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. But we have you like Jimmy was up at camp on Friday and, our camp faces on the east facing slope, so we don't really get that afternoon sun. Yeah. And he said the snow is the snow's still six, eight, ten inches deep. Ooh. And that was before the snow we just got. So yeah, I mean anything that's not getting direct sunlight is still got a pretty good snowpack on it. But right. So, Dang. Hey, I gotta I gotta get going though. Yeah, dude. So thanks for thanks for the twelve minutes of uh, of time on the air. I appreciate hey, man. it. man. Thanks for the twelve minutes of gracing us with your presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, All right see, you boys. see you, man. Kind of the quick piggyback off of uh, Bill's little conversation. Uh, yeah, we're excited. We're, we'll be at TAC. Uh, as of right now, we're shooting the knock-on course that Saturday at one thirty, And I don't know what else is in store for that. We, I, we're hopefully going to be down there Friday night. That's the, the plan. We would like to do that just to hang out and hang out with some friends. But um, if not, for sure, we will be there Saturday. So if you're around, stop by, say hello. We'll be shooting and afterwards and all that jazz. So hopefully we get some good weather. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a fun event, and I think we're going to be we're shooting the knock-on course, pushing ourselves a little bit more this year, which I'm excited about. And I'm not going to get into too much detail, but kind of you know what I'm doing this year um, as far as my setup is going to be um, a cool experience attack and kind of kind of highlight some some things and ideas but that's all i'm gonna say about that for for now and you guys will kind of see what what my plans are a little bit later here and 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I, 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 it's an awesome event. Like we said, there's some issues with it, but I mean, I'm sure they're trying to make it better every year and it's, you know, something they're working through. I don't, I don't think blaming them or, right. you know, it's a, it's a hard thing. And I know they tried to, uh, better the registration this year, but, uh, things didn't work out with technology or for some reason, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're listening to complaints and, you know, trying to do better each year. Yeah. Billy just wrote on air. She said, sorry to be short. He is in the ER with, with his wife. Everything is okay, but she didn't think my brain surgery joke was funny. <laughs> He's probably getting the deaths there. Oh man, hopefully she's all right. So well, two of us getting the, the, the brain work done a little bit, but any teach and train events. Pl- all right. Good question, Bill. So any teach and train tour uh, events planned this summer. So Tethered's going to do things a little bit different. Um, from last time that I spoke with them, we are, go, as I say, we as Tethered, in a sense, they are going to host them out in pro shops because they are now in pro shops and in and, and, uh, retail stores. So with that, what they want to do is have, like, say, Demetri and I, we would go to a place, um, you know, say, you know, obviously Nate's place will be open by that point in time. Nate could handle that himself, but just say, you know, I, we, we could show up to, to any pro shop and help out. And uh, as they run it, they'll have the product there to buy it and have the area to see it and feel it and touch it and put it on and try to practice with it. Uh, and then it's a win-win situation for everybody. So that's that's the plan of attack. So it's not going to be kind of what it was the last two summers with that. Uh, I see the pros and cons to to both of them, but I think it's uh, I think it's going to move in the right direction because now you could have any shop that has a tethered product, they could host a teach and train tour event. So um, yeah, definitely check with your local shops because uh, it product is going to be in, in most uh, shops right now. So it's going to be pretty cool, exciting for that. And uh, some new things coming from their way, obviously the carbon. Pl- platform which just looks i mean people that i i've told people yes the lightness the size is great it's a it weighs the same as the small predator platform but like for us having that carbon cool like your feet staying warm in your boots that's a key thing for that yeah i never really thought about that with the with the other platforms but i mean i'm sure when you get those colder temps that's going to make a huge difference all right there's lyle let's get him there we go. Lyle, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, dude? Not much, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going, dude. I'm sorry for all the confusion and all that type of stuff. No, I'm sure it was me. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, dude. Well, uh, my, our buddy Bill Harvey with Pertnier Outdoors, when he, we said uh, when we went live, I said, uh, hey, we have Lyle Harvey coming on here in a little bit, and he was like, who is that? Who's Lyle? He, I said, your long lost cousin up from PA. <laughs> so no, he, we had him chatting for a little bit. So all good, Lyle, man. I appreciate you though, taking the time, but before uh, we dive into it, I just wanted to wrap up. We were just talking about some saddle hunting products and everything. We were talking about the upcoming uh, new platform from Tether, which is the Vader XL. Uh, they're going to come out too with the regular size one, which will hopefully be about like two and a half pounds. So people that want like the ultra light light, uh, you heard, you hear, hear it here first that, uh, you could get some tethered one sticks too in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, you get pair that up with a carbon fiber platform. You're, 
you're like sub six pounds for four sticks and a platform, maybe seven, I guess I should say. But pretty cool things out on the horizon for Tethered, so definitely check them out when they come on. But all right, Lyle, I appreciate you, man, taking that time and uh, for speaking with us and wanting to come on. I, I, I love when anybody, especially a fellow PA hunter, and wants to come on and talk because this, this is what we love doing, what it's about. So what's going on, dude? Well, not much. Appreciate the opportunity to, to talk hunting with you guys. That's awesome. Um, Love the the weather's definitely put a dent in <laughs> the amount of scouting and stuff I'd like to have done by now. Oh, you and I both. Now, where are you coming out of, Lyle? I'm, I live in Red Rock, Pennsylvania, okay. which most people have no clue where that is. But uh, near Ricketts Glen State Park. Yep. Uh, we know where that is. Actually, my family and I, we always go up there camp in the summer. Nice. That's awesome. No, definitely, that, definitely a lot of public land in the area. Yeah, lots of public land. And, I mean, not too far either from where I grew up hunting. I mean, you're between uh, Bloomsburg, like Bloomsburg's between us, and there we go. All right, Lyle. So what uh, what do we want to dive into, man? It's up, it's up to you, man. I'd talk anything you want. <laughs> well, talk about if, if the weather was nice right now, what would you be doing on a Saturday or Sunday at this moment? This is the, the time of the year where I typically try to get the bulk of my scouting done for the upcoming season. Okay. You know, cause to me, once, once that snow comes off, the woods look like they did in November. So, you know, particularly for rut sign, I can go in, I can locate those rubs, scrapes, you know, it's when I'm trying to find new ground, you know, or maybe see how I didn't have success last year. What puzzle pieces I may have been missing. Yeah, that's a key thing that I like Dimitri and I, we were just talking a little bit about before, like places that I, even that I have hunted my whole life. I'm like, man, I want to try this other side and I want to get there now, like just because I want to see what does that look like or what did it look like? And kind of even to hit on the part where you said like it's brand new land to me. So what it looks like now is probably, you know, that sign of what happened in November or late October and, um, or check out that area where I'm like, man, why was I just outside of things and get in there a little bit deeper where maybe I did see sign that's you hit the nail on the head for that as to why I like to get out right now. And uh, this time of year, I'm, I'm also pulling cameras that I, I may have put out last year in August and never, never got into them. You know, so mm-hmm. collecting that data too. Yeah, and that's what I I think something that we need to do a little bit better of maybe having some cameras that we let sit over the kind of the whole year and maybe we don't touch. Because I think sometimes for us is, I mean, we do it on public ground just because of, we want people stealing them and, you know, on some areas that get heavily hunted, where if we have them throughout the whole hunting season, right. rifle, they're probably going to get taken probably a majority of them, uh, even if they're locked up, which we had <laughs> happen this year yeah. during hunting season. Um, but having some of those, so I think w- we do a good job of putting them, you know, kind of in that summertime in the fall. Sometimes we will have a couple cameras going maybe to like the rut, you know, and then maybe this year I finally got some out right after the season and I have been letting them soak to kind of get some inventory. I think we need to do a little bit better job of having some of those areas where we can get that full intel from the previous season. That way you can take that and incorporate that into your upcoming season, which is probably going to have similar activity. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm also a big, 
a guy on long-term data and and watching particular dates and and almost expecting a this if I know it's the same deer expecting him to do similar things on pretty close to the same week the the following season you know the deer eyes after this year one of the deer um he there was a scrape he hits the last two years between like the 25th and the 28th of October, you know, well, I'm, if I can, I make sure I'm in there, you know, weather's correct. Wind's correct. That's I'm trying to hunt around those dates, expecting him to show back up around that time. Do you have any specific examples where maybe that's helped you already in the past and maybe whether, you know, not necessarily heck if you killed awesome, like share that story, but even if you had an encounter or anything along those lines, it's, it should have worked this year. <laughs> um, I I was supposed to have a northwest wind, which I didn't. So I was on a bench over a on an east facing slope. So those morning thermals burnt me when when he came in. You know, yep. like once the sun came up, I could feel it, and I was expecting that northwest wind to take to take. So I knew I was going to be riding that thin edge, you know, yep. but I didn't get that five to 10 mile an hour wind that they were calling for. So I was, I was hung out to dry when the sun came up. Oh, that's tough. And I got, I got, I got busted. What about, um, like using that Intel now, like, do you keep any t- type of like running log or like tabs on that? Cause that's something for me that I've started using a lot more, especially with our Spartan forge app that, that has come out and just kind of keeping track of in the, the notes side of things and keeping tabs on specific deer or, or even like when I, like when I saw any buck encounter this year, like even I got, I actually was looking back at some of my footage this year from last night and I was like, okay, that was that day that I had that. And I went back into my Spartan forge app and I, I made sure that I marked it and, and wrote down like historical data on there. Like you're able to see that on the app, which is great. Um, cause that's something I want to dive a little bit more deeper into this upcoming year and, and even more future seasons to come just because I never really sat down, wrote down, like, I'd be like, oh man, I think the most I took out of it one time was looking at a trail camera and be like, darn it, I missed him by a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And never really thought about, okay, well, why was he moving at that point in time? What was the wind? All that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Spartan Forge, I started using that myself this past season. It That's so much nicer as far as, you know, the aerial maps, all the mapping I think is, is better than what I've found out there in the past. Mm-hmm. And the journal feature is, is real nice. Yeah. The journal feature is great. And I'll tell you what, I've been really liking the, like just the, the offerings of your waypoints that you're able to use on it. And yeah, it's, it's a great, great thing. And if anybody has, uh, I'll give a selfish plug. If you know, use code, uh, antler up, <laughs> you could save some money on it. But, um, no, that's, I, that's the one key thing that that app's kind of turned me on to kind of looking at the historical and kind of the minute data to kind of key in on certain things, especially too, like Dimitri and I, this past summer and fall, like we, I mean, the fall didn't go as, as great as we were kind of hoping because of what we saw. But as far as the summer and locating deer, like we, we located more deer in the, than we had in, in any previous years hunting together the last four. And I think, uh, keeping track of that and, 
soaking the cameras a little bit longer and just piecing things together is really going to pay off, I think, in the long run. But it's awesome to hear people like you that have been doing that and are doing it already and understand it um, just to talk about how you have had success before doing it. Yeah, I, I definitely see success in in long-term data, you know, um, as well as like a lot of times I might have a, if I can, I'll have a camera at a stance at a, at a place where I plan on setting up if it's a pre-hung site. And the only time I'll go pull that card is when I'm going to hunt it that day. Yeah. You know, when I'm, when I'm in the area so that I'm not, I'm not, you know, in and out more than I need to be. Well, and I think a lot of, with this data that people are gathering, you know, not so much for us, maybe other people are hunting specific bucks. You know, like I said, we, we last three years had one deer that we kind of were targeting for the first time pretty much ever. Uh, but we talk about that data of when that deer is going to show up, especially during, during the rut is, is a good question. Maybe someone that's like experienced with, with, um, kind of the breeding season could answer is are those bucks showing up at that time probably most likely because the does are hot right in that area and we talk about that always on the the podcast of you know i think a lot of areas the does go into heat differently Times. you know even similar areas um close proximity you know which is probably why that deer showing up at that time you know it's not that he just wakes up and be like ah, i like going out in daylight at this time time of the year because it's nice out or whatever right yeah you know there's one reason that he's out in daylight right to get after those does right um absolutely so i i think you if you pay attention you know you might have rut activity on the say the 20th of october you know well that's something to take note of because there's probably a doe in that area that tends to come in early as opposed to that yeah. typical November time frame, and you know, doe family groups tend to have the same cycles, you know, generation to generation. So that's that's something to keep in mind as well. That a, a, a particular area might heat up at a certain time frame, year in and year out. It might not always happen that way, but it's something to keep in your pocket. Well, and that's what I think we kind of miss too. Is is I'm guilty of it myself. Is instead of gathering that sort of data and thinking like that, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm not targeting a specific <laughs> buck. So why do I need to, you know what I mean? Right. Like it'd be lucky if he's here next year. So, you know, now it's like, well, think about the reason why he's moving there. Right. And, you know, even if it's a different mature buck in the area, you're going to get the similar result probably the following year. So keeping that data and knowing that information and kind of, know why you're looking at that is going to make it give you a huge advantage of you know your intel going into the next season yeah i i totally agree with what you're saying there yeah. you know i mean any intel is good intel right right like any any small pieces you can put together is is one step in the right direction how was your season this year lyle i just kind of before we dive into some more kind of rabbit holes and stuff like that how was the 2021 season like you could even go back from you know, this time last year to get ready for the season? Like, did you find any great areas where you keyed in on? Were they were they good spots or were they kind of duds? Or, you know, you could go back as far as even now and, and then get into your hunting season as well. Well, I, I'll just put it this way. My hunting season was heartbreaking this <laughs> oh. year. Um, 
and it was, it was my fault. Right. Like I, I put the pieces together. I, I got the opportunity on what would have been my biggest buck to date, probably mid, mid one thirties, eight, nine point type buck and, and blew the shot, right. High shoulder and no recovery, you know, which was, I, I hate to think that I, I, you know, put pain into an animal and don't recover. I, that bothers me till no end. And then, you know, I mean, it was like the one takeaway is, Hey, you put yourself in that position and you could probably do it again on a, on a buck you had history with, but it was, it was a tough, tough pill to swallow for quite a few days afterwards, you know, knowing that I, I didn't pick a spot, you know, the, I got a little, a little flustered the pin hit middle and the arrow went, you know, instead of picking that one spot and making sure you're where you need to be. Well, you talked about you put in the work and then finally got that opportunity. So let's back up a little bit. Talk about that. You know, was it this time of year that you, you, you found that buck or found his bedding area and, and slowly dive into your season of all the work that you did that led up to that shot out of opportunity and kind of uh, describe the things that you were doing or you were seeing and how you're using your trout cameras to kind of set you all up for that one moment in that opportunity that you got this year. Okay. So the area I found this buck was a, was a small bench that, you you wouldn't really necessarily see it on a on a topo map. You have to go put boots on the ground. You know, yep. um, there is there is bedding cover up above the bench. There's a there's a lot of laurel, and the whole area is is fairly thick. So I found I found like a community scrape on that bench a, a few years ago and stuck a. I actually, it's one of the few spots I get cell service. So I stuck a cell camera on it. Um, and in the winter time, I found, I found a bed up on the ridge above the scrape that was, you know, worn into dirt, which I've never really found that type of bed before that, you know, a deer's using regularly. Yep. So the, the problem is access is, is very difficult to, to get in based on where that bed was and where that bench is like it's the conditions had to be just right, you know? Yep. So it was play your cards, right? And because I had a cell camera there, it gave me the opportunity. I got that buck on camera once in the end of July hitting that scrape. He didn't show up again until late October was was the next time I got a picture of him. Wow. Um, and then it was like once a week he would show up and they kept getting closer and closer to daylight. And I, I keyed in on that a little bit. Now I'll, I'll also say that I got lazy one morning and, uh, there's a, there's a stand where just, there's just always a lock on there. And, I debated in the morning as I was going back to, to get back on that bench because it looked like the weather was going to be decent or to, to hit an old face full where I've killed, you know, a few buck in the last five years. I probably shot, you know, 
So I have this internal debate and I decide, Hey, I'm going to take the easy route. Cause this, the perennial stand is short walk, get into it. And because there's a cell camera on that other stand, that stand is lit up all morning. There's deer hitting it constantly, constantly. And then at 11 o'clock, he's there at 15 yards. So (laughs) now I'm not saying that's how that would have played out if I'd, if I'd have got in there, but that's cell cameras can, can definitely be a kick in the pants as well. You know, you know, right away when you made a mistake, listen, we, I I don't mean to interrupt your storytelling, but that's this key thing of, of those cell cameras, man, October 25th, the, my, it was a Monday or whatever that Monday was, the 25th or 27th. And I just talked to my dad that Sunday night before. And I said, get to this stand location. Like we didn't have a stand up there, but I said, you need to go to where I have the cell camera. I said, I got little bucks coming. A big boy's bound to come dad. He goes, okay. And as soon as my school day started, I got a buzz alert from uh, reveal and boom, there was the big old buck that we've been going after all year. And, uh, I called him and I was anticipating my dad to go, hello, like whisper into it. And he goes, he answers and he goes, Hey, Jared, what's going on? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. And I said, You're not in the stand right now. He goes, No, why? And I said, Look at your phone, what I just say. And he goes, Holy shit. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he ended up having a shot opportunity at him and he gave him a little belly haircut, but uh, he survived. So hopefully, you know, I'll be getting after him next year. But yeah, man, they're, they're, they're uh they could be a real pain in the butt when you get that uh opportunity you're like darn it i should have been there yeah so i i licked my wounds from from that incident um shortly thereafter is when i got busted in in that stand um over over that scrape which i say it was a stand it was two sticks high in a in a platform in a saddle nice. because that's, that's where the cover was. So that's, that's where I'm going to hunt. So, um, that was right around Halloween on the ninth. I, I moved a little bit based on where I thought he was coming from and where, where there's a lot of typical doe traffic. There's a, it's a point of a ridge that is close to a saddle. Mm-hmm. So, I, I sat up there for an all day sit and he came through pushing the dough at like two o'clock in the afternoon Jeez. and just didn't, didn't execute, you know? Yep. Now, did you kind of like going off of like what Dimitri said now, it sounds like you kind of have that prior history in, in that area. Would that, you know, be correct? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a spot I've, I've harvested a deer yet in, in that, vicinity i have i've seen some good deer and it's i'm just tweaking now right yeah. trying to that was to find be, out that, that's exactly tweak spot in that area like yep. hey maybe i can't hunt right on that bench scrape maybe i need to figure out whether and i think i'm putting more of those pieces together through postseason scouting that's exactly where I wanted to go with that just because, you know, we've hunted a lot of spots and I say we as in Dimitri and I and heck even like my dad and I and there's things that now you look at it and you want to get better at, right? Like why maybe maybe one year it's fire, it's on fire. You can't, you see does, you see bucks or whatever, you know, you have those opportunities. Uh, but then sometimes not so much. Like we learned this year there was a spot that on public land that we usually have at least a good a couple encounters, even whether it be a doe or whatnot, it was barely, we saw barely anything. 
And, uh, you know, we found out, you know, there was the food was not located in the same spot. Like there wasn't a, a plant uh, with the farmer down below didn't plant anything where kind of deer would go from public to private and just stuff like that. So my question was going to be like, how do you tweak those areas that you've hunted, you know, routinely maybe a couple of years and how do you adapt to those those spots like you know they're good spots but how do you keep getting better at those specific spots that's that's where the the saddle game has has really changed things because the this area that i've hunted it was you had to have it was a lot of presets right so i'd go in and i'd hang a stand based on what i would see now and hang it i might leave a stick in the tree carry the rest in and and it, it was what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with the with the saddle and and that type of stuff, now I'll just I'll go in and hey, if the sign looks good, throw sit at, it, you know, yep. and then based off of the intel you get there, adjust, you know. Yep. But some of it was it took me two years to find that bed as well, so I know he had me hammered where I was setting up for him in the past. I, I was done before, before I knew it. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. <laughs> all right. these, some people, man, I, when they talk about like, how have you gotten better at all? Like with buck bedding and, and getting into bedrooms and all that type of stuff at all. I, I'm not going to say I'm great at it yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something I'm, I'm trying to, to pick up on. I've, I've found more beds as of late than I probably did in the past. Um, I, I think sometimes, you know, when I mentally pictured bedding, it was the thickest, nastiest cover. Right. And I'm finding, at least on the particular area I'm on, that's that's not where they're at. They're, they might be on the edge of that, but I think they want to see, Yeah. you know, based on where I'm seeing some of these beds located. They'll be on the edge of that or, you know, and they'll have somewhere where they can get out of there in a hurry. Well, and I think the hard thing for a lot of people that – hunt big woods or, you know, especially in Pennsylvania is we talk about like e-scouting and finding new areas, which, you know, you look at that map and basically you see big ridges with, with green, right? Yep. You know, you, you can't really dive into what that that's going to look like. Is that just big open timber where there's not a lot of bedding and cover or, you know, is it that thick, nasty laurel or something, right? right. I mean, you can look at the top, the uh, topo lines and kind of get an idea of the terrain and the steepness is there benches. Um, but until you put boots on your ground and, and learn that area. And then uh, like you said, is, is kind of have that couple year history of that spot to see how the deer are transitioning in and out of that area. And that's the same thing that kind of happened with me this year is I've, I've hunted that, that area in the past. I scouted it. I, set up the next year i saw had some encounters with bucks but i just wasn't quite you know in the right spot where they're traveling um you know i could have went back to that same tree and kind of the same middle of that bench and probably would had the same experience where they were just out of range right and then when i you know i only walked probably 30 40 yards and i found you know i would have never saw the little pinch point that i was hunting if i didn't kind of move over to there right yeah i mean i know i saw the deer there so i you know and and the buck that i saw and harvested this year 
you know, was different than any of the bucks I saw last year. So it's not like it was the same buck yep. um, using the right. same ridge. It was a, a new buck that was cruising for does in the rut. Um, but I found, you know, if I would have moved over and that's where the saddle game gear, you know, moving just because I, I, I ran a climber and I would never have gotten into any of the trees on that edge of that ridge if I was in a climber or, yeah. you know, so it's going to take some time to kind of, you know, you never perfect your hunting, but to figure these areas out, especially in the big woods, uh, it's just going to take experience and scouting and putting boots on the ground and, and getting intel and history and uh, trail cameras and sits. So I think some people get discouraged or just go to their natural, I do this, I saw some deer here, I'm just going to go back to that. Don't be afraid to explore. Yep. Try to put the puzzle together and then change a little bit here and there to, to really dial in your hunting. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying there. Now, what are some of the key attributes do you think, uh, like we've always talked about, like people like talk about, like, tell us what's on the back of your baseball car. Like, what do you have? Like what's, what's your bread and butter of, of hunting style and all that type of stuff. What are maybe some key things that, um, you know, you've, you've, you've improved upon as a hunter or as a woodsman, uh, that, that has led to either more success with encounters or, or with, you know, punching more tags or anything along those lines, Lyle. Okay. Well, for me, um, understanding how deer use terrain has been, has made big leaps in, in my success as it's, as it's grown as a hunter, yeah. um, putting, putting that pieces together, you know, and, and thinking about the grand scheme. Cause you know, it, I've always been a diehard, right? Mm. Like I'm going to, I'm going to scout as much as I can, but now maybe instead of trying to walk an entire property, it's, I can, I can pick features that, you know, based on knowledge and, and growth that it's like, well, I need to check this point and, and there's a bench close to that point. So like, if, if there's multiple features in an area to me, that multiplies, that's an odds multiplier on success, right? Right. Is, is there a habitat change near a difference in terrain, be it a bench, a, you know, a saddle, something like that, where you're, you're increasing your odds because there's multiple features in that area. That's been a big part of putting the piece puzzle pieces together for me. So now is that something that you're looking at too? Like before you go in and put boots on the ground, like looking at, um, when you have Spartan That's, forge and, and being like, okay, Hey, I want to go check this out. And you get there like, ah, either no sign or you don't, it's not what it looked like on the map or anything like that. Definitely. Like yeah. the e-scouting is, is great for a, a kickoff point. Yep. When, when I want to go put the boots on the ground. So I'm going to look for the train features I want. I I'm big on benches. I think benches, but if you can get a bench that's next to a, a drainage, you know, the head of a drainage features like that. I think that puts you ahead of the game. Cause there's multiple, multiple, um, areas of interest that, that come together. That's, that's where I want to spend my time. Right. But I've also walked three miles into, to go look at a clear cut that wasn't nearly as thick as you thought it was just cause, <laughs> Hey, I seen a clear cut on a, 
on a satellite image, well, it it looked like you would think it wasn't the thick, overgrown, brushy area that I had anticipated. Let's you know? run, run us through your perfect bench with a drainage setup. So if if I can have, you know, you have a long point coming down and there's a, a bench coming off the side of that point and nearby there's another point. So there's, there's a, a tight drainage at the top where that bench kind of funnels to that top of that, where that drainage or spring seep might start. That's to me, I'm tying multiple big pieces of terrain together through, through a pinch point that maybe somebody's not going to pick up on a map, right? Cause yep. You throw a big saddle out there, anybody can go east scout a big saddle, you know. Yeah. But you put a you put a small ten yard wide bench at the top of a, a spring seep drainage with a couple of finger points coming around, it's that's you know, to me, ideal. Well that 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 even makes me think about that one shed you found. I think that was last year where we didn't actually get to go in there and scout. Right. Yeah. But right where that spring uh, drainage started is exactly, exactly where you found that really nice shed last yeah. year. Yeah, from last year. Yeah, because I remember I had that point marked yep. on the map, and then I went to the topo, and I, you know, you that's exactly, exactly what you said. Yep. How about that, Lyle? There you go, man. You're, <laughs> nice. you're on to something. So, so a fellow Pennsylvania hunter, you know, we... Uh, you, like you said, you've been a diehard your whole life, and this is something that you, it seems like you were raised hunting, and and you just love it, and, and you know, eat, sleep, and breathe it. What uh, what's your take on this whole mountain buck stuff? As as far as like just like the recognition, like you just see, you know, the mountain buck craze. What's what's your take on it? Do you feel like, are you, man, I've been doing that my whole life. Like, this is what we do. It's a challenge every day. Like, what's what's your kind of thought process on it? It It is a challenge, um, for sure. Like, it's, I, I grew up hunting multiple scenarios, right? I, I've had access to, to, to smaller farm areas where, you know, you're not dealing with large masses of property, you know, like, you can, you can neck them down in certain areas. And I've also dealt with vast areas of it's, it's just timber, right. you know, there's, there's not a destination quote unquote far as to, to go to. Um, I, I prefer that style yep. personally because it, the, there's more challenge there for myself. You know, if, if shooting big buck were easy, I don't know. I don't know if, if I would, I'd probably still do it, but don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the, the drive, the year round drive wouldn't be there. Right. You know, now I wish it would get a little less recognition than, than it is as of late. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about food sources on, there on hunting go. these mountain and ridges? Like, is there anything you're looking for is, you know, obviously acorns is the big discussion when you're talking about ridges and mountains, you know, how do you utilize some of the food sources that you're looking for when you're e-scouting and then when you're kind of putting boots on the ground and then incorporating that into your hunts in the fall? Well, one of the things is my area in general lacks a lot of acorns. Like I'll, I'll struggle to find a lot of acorns, which in some scenarios is, is real nice because then it's like, Hey, if I find, instead of a big white Oak Ridge, 
if I find two or three white oaks on a ridge and they're the only ones around, they're key, right? But um, another source around here is um, blueberry swamps. Um, You'll see them feeding on that type of stuff. Um, I don't know all the plants, but if any time I'm walking, I try to take notice of, hey, what's nipped off in certain areas? You know, is are the beech nuts good this year? Do you, you know, do you think the whole acorn thing? Cause I, I just said to, I, I said it on the podcast this year. My dad and I were talking about it. Northeast PA, it just always seems like it's either hit or miss. And it's been years since the kind of acorn crop that we had this year up in Northeast PA back where I hunt on, on a private mountainside. What well, it was nuts this year. And I can't recall it ever being anything close to what it was this past year. And I mean, I'm talking like eight, 10 years. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just nuts. Like, I, I, I don't know. Cause like being like where, where you're from outside of Ricketts Glen, do you think it's, it's a Northeast PA type thing or, or what? Uh, that I, I can't really speak to yeah. that as well. Like I said, a lot of the areas where I'm at, there's not a ton of oaks. Yeah. It's, I run into more, um, beach cherry, you know, is mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of that. Um, so those, those oaks that I do find are, are key. Yeah. You know, it's good spots to find some does, especially during the rut. Definitely. Well, that's what I even think would be another great conversation is just having someone that knows plants yeah. and what, what, what a deer is going to eat. Right? I'm so dumb when it comes to that stuff. You know, yeah. We, yeah you know, we know <laughs> they're going to feed on briars, but like what briars are they going to feed on, yeah. you know, other than acorns. Right. And I think if even we don't, we don't know that, uh, knowledge, but I mean, if you're able to go out in the woods and, and kind of, oh, that plant even if you don't know the name of it, but you know, recognizing, Oh, deer eat that deer eat that deer eat that. You know, if there's not that acorn crop, that's a huge advantage of knowing what they are going to eat, which I think a lot of us don't even know. Like if you asked what did deer eat, you know, besides corn acorns, (laughs) you know, like a lot of us wouldn't even know. Right. Right. So I think, uh, being able to recognize that probably gives you a huge advantage out there and especially the mountain and ridges. Well, I think about too, I always laugh about this because where we've gone on that little permission spot um, where my in-laws live, when you and I hunted that this past year, and I remember being in in the tree and watching this doe at kind of, was, there was a couple minutes at last light and she's on her hind legs and she's munching on this tree. And I'm like, what is she eating? Well, finally, like once the season kind of, wore down and I was, I got up in the, I didn't get up in the tree, but I was in that vicinity and I'm looking around. I'm like, it had to have been this tree and there's like thorns on it. Like it's a literally tree. And and like, you could see it was actually gnawed off like the lower level of like the similar tree that was near it. So again, I'm like, man, these deer just will eat anything to help survive. You know what I mean? And it's just nuts. Yeah. The, the food source thing is always, it gets me just because I don't, I don't know. Like it could be anything, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's just that's just where I always have trouble with, and especially like take this year for instance when I went home, acorns were everywhere. So are they eating that? You know what I mean? Like they have it there. Like yeah, sure they probably were, but it, I mean since it's everywhere, they don't have to move very far. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people even don't even know the difference between a red oak and a white, white oak, oak, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of people probably couldn't yeah. even recognize that, which they're going to have, I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100%, but I think that they have a different um, crop rotation, you know, than the other one. So it might be every other year or every third year. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's different, which is going to be kind of a huge either advantage or disadvantage if you're hunting that area and you think that it's, you know, one or the other. So, you know, that plays a huge factor into some of those early on hunts that you may be hunting the food source. Yeah. Now, one of the things I'll pay attention to is if I can find oaks is red or white, because to me, whites are your early season food source, you know, where the reds, because of the higher tannin content in them, that's that's your late season season food to me. All right, so white, early, especially if red, both yeah. if both are readily available, they're gonna they're gonna hit the whites first and then move to the reds later on. And the the whites are the ones that are longer, right? To me, I'm I'm gonna look <laughs> for leaves. It's gonna be the the whites are going to have the rounded leaves, the, okay. the lobes, and yeah. the, any red oak species are going to be pointed. Okay. I like that. It's good to – easy easy for me <laughs> to understand. <laughs> no, that's good. Man, wow, I like it, man. Well, what else uh, – talk about what are some changes that you're going to make for this upcoming season. I know you talked about, like, it, it was a heartbreak season. What are some of your key things that you want to make some adjustments to, whether it be your shot process or your setup or scouting, whatever whatever you think uh, you want to try to improve upon? The, the scouting's always going to, you know, as long as home life and that, that that's never going to change. I'm going to get out as much as I can. Yep. Um, I I do plan on doing more 3D this this year nice. as, as time permits. Um to, to get that shot down. Um, I've also through backcountry hunters and anglers volunteered some time to through their take two program, take, um, basically adult onset hunters out to, to show them the ropes. You know, I'm not, I'm not there to give them a guided hunt. Um, I'm there to, to teach them to, to maybe give them some tools to, to go do it on their own. That's cool. You know, I, I was supposed to actually do that yesterday and then with the weather canceled on the guy, but <laughs> understandable, but I, I feel like that's important. You know, I, it's just your, your stages you go through as a hunter. You know, I, I know at one point I, I would have been okay if I was the only hunter in the woods whatsoever that had been fine by me, but I know for this sport to continue that, you know, we need more people involved. We need, you know, cause I feel like as of late, like we're constantly under attack, you know, when you see bills going on now, they're not necessarily Pennsylvania bills, but there's, you know, the hunting community as a whole is under attack more and more often. So, yeah. Well, and I know on your first point about shooting 3d more is, is I, I did, we did that more than ever yeah. last year. And I know my, my shot process is, is never perfect, but I felt like this year it's been the best that I've ever felt, mm -hmm. especially during the hunting season. Uh, Carrying so, it over. Yeah, so I don't, you know, don't want to <laughs> say just shooting more 3D is going to help, but I think, you know, it's going to contribute to that a lot more is, you know, having that target in front of you that's very similar 
to to the hunting situation and i'm always stressing whether it's your training or shooting or hunting is is be as specific as what you're going to do out in the woods is going to help you uh better yourself so you know i think 3d is is really important i mean it's fun to get out with some buddies and you know whether you put like we put lunch on it sometimes and just put a little more pressure on yourself is kind of gets you to that that hunting situation as real as possible and you can go through that process and then hopefully that that can translate into um you know the fall and i know you know for me just shooting that target and and you know trying to hit that that circle you know it's just not the same thing i I mean i i don't think that you know when you're trying to put that your circular pin on a circle is not the same of trying to pick that spot because you don't have that on a white-tailed deer, right? You're picking that spot right. of where you need to focus. And unless you have a 3D target is the only way you can simulate that. And I think the more you do it, the easier and you know more mentally it's going to be uh, focused out in the woods. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's an excuse to go have fun and get more reps repetitions in. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a reason, it's a reason to have the ball out and shooting, which is always beneficial to me. I wouldn't say I was, uh, Oh, I didn't practice enough on a 3d target that, you know, caused me to whatever, but target is cheaper when it's a block, right. Compared to a 3d target nowadays. But I, I like when, when you and I will shoot and we're like, okay, kill the circle, the 12 ring is six inches away from the kill zone. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like, get a 3d target practice shooting from different angles. And you know, that's a key thing too. We've always, we get questions a, a lot of like about the saddle hunting and, you know, transitioning and practicing from that and shootability from it. Like that's the, you know, turn that deer or whatever, coyote, turkey, whatever you have a 3D target for, turn it for a quartering away shot, according to from different angles, your drop shot, your strong side, your weak side. It, you know, that yeah. is a key thing to, to practice. And guess what? Like the beauty of that, you only need to do it necessarily like a foot off the ground. So you don't need to climb up and down and all that type of stuff. So I, I definitely, I agree with Dimitri. Go shoot 3D. It's not necessarily going to going to mimic that heat of the moment, but it, it does help. And when you shoot with your buddies, I mean, heck, even though it's your buddy, you're going to, you want to impress and, and shoot good. So it's, you, you kind of put a little bit of pressure, I think on yourself, even if you don't, it, it's there in the back of your mind. So yeah, I, I agree. And just uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's, that's the key. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. You know, yeah. Um, a little pressure is, is a good thing when yeah. it comes to shooting. Cause we talked you know? about, we talked a little bit about it last week when we were saying like, you know, you see people do these events of like running and I don't get me wrong. It's, it's elevating your heart rate. I get that 100%, but it's the same. I, I would almost rather go shoot with like a random person or my buddies where they're like, okay, you got to hit this. Cause then that, that's putting pressure on me. Like me running and getting my heart rate up. Yeah. That's simulating what, adrenaline's going to be like but it's a different adrenaline dump i don't know that that's just that's just me being uh my personal opinion on that i also agree with you like if if you're gonna go the saddle route you definitely need reps out, out of a saddle shooting because it it's a different feel right? right like it it's not it's not harder it's not worse it's just it's different and you you need to get some reps in 100%. that way 
I like that you said it's not harder, it's just different. And I also like the fact that you you were talking about the mentor, which I, you know, I agree with you 100%. And I think, I think a lot of us would, would enjoy doing that. You know, it's just, it's just hard, right? And And I like that he was doing it now. Yeah. And we got to make the time for it, right? You know, we always get caught up and, and, and when fall hits and we're all working and, you know, we're limited time as it is, right? To, to be able to take somebody out, right? You know, we don't want to waste that sit. And, you know, it's a little selfish, but when you work, you know, all year <laughs> long and you yeah. have very limited days off to take and you have a family and, you know, you're trying to juggle your your limited time out in the woods as it is, you know, taking that time to teach somebody. But I, I think we could still do a better job of maybe in the spring or summer, or, you know, even in these winter months, whether it's not maybe taking them out hunting uh, specifically, but we could be doing education or shooting, you know, yep. and, and doing other things to prepare and mentor in the preparation of fall and not so much just take somebody hunting. Right. Well, shout out to Howie Miller from our, our guest that we had on two weeks ago, because he is, he's putting together that little outdoor um, get together that he wants to do up, up scouting and all that type of stuff, get together with some people. And I think he's trying to do that the second week of April, uh, so if you're interested in something getting together with, you know, like-minded individuals and scouting and seeing how maybe you would tackle a piece of area or you want to just learn, that's, it's a great opportunity. So definitely check out, um, that episode from two weeks ago and, and check out Howie for, for what he has going on in, in the next couple of weeks. Because like you said, Demetri, we, it doesn't need to be, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like during hunting season, unless it's my daughter or a family member, I'm probably not going to do it. Like not mm-hmm. to be an asshole. It's just. <laughs> our time's precious. You know what I mean? And, um, I I mean, if, if this was my job, sure. But you know, if it's one day a week and And it's Saturday, you know, it's not something I do all the time. Right. right? It's, I try to, and this is one of the times I try to do it where it's like, Hey, I'll give up one day of, of me scouting my own ground. I'll, I'll come down to, to your area. We'll look at a piece of game lands together We'll walk it. I'll tell you what I'm looking for in the area, you know, and, and try to put some of those pieces together for somebody else. It's, you know, I think that's great. I think that but your is time fantastic. is like my time's valuable, you know, yeah. and have I done a great job of taking people out actually hunting? No. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's my time. That, that was, that's the, all the effort I put in through the year. Right. You know, cause I, so, and I think too, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for yourself, but again, if you had, a lot more time on your hands to go hunting. Like I'm sure you would give up a day, but like you said, your time's <laughs> precious. So, I mean, that's the same reason as to why we don't even film each other hunting. Like granted, like we, we, I, I mean, I send, you know, a funny video last night of to Demetri and I want to show it to him live here of a buck opportunity where I was like, I had it in my, as one of my goals, I want to film and get, you know, a shot opportunity on and, this buck just came running up this ridge and it was quick and I got him on camera and where I finally got him on camera, I could have taken a shot, but he was still moving. And I was like, okay. So I moved the camera, you know, doing like what the pros do. I was moving it to like the spot where I thought like he was going to stop behind this tree. So they're like, I had the camera done and I had the bow getting ready to draw back as he was getting behind this tree. And he never came past that tree because he, I don't know what he got spooked by some, by me, or I don't know what it was, or he got, he caught my wind and there he goes bounding away. And I was like, okay, I'm done filming. 
you know, <laughs> I was like, that, that's it. You know, I'll take the GoPro with me and that's about it. But, um, I mean, that's even why I would love to film. I think we could make some really cool footage and all that type of stuff. But I, man, it's, it's our time's limited and it's precious to us. And so that's what we do. But Hey man, those that do it, I million high fives to you because that's, that's awesome. And I, I give you a million high fives, even that, that you're doing it now, just because again, like I was telling Dimitri of what my weekend schedule is like. I'm like, geez, I don't have a free weekend until end of April, you know, and that's our yeah. Easter. <laughs> so that's, yeah. you know, it's just nuts, but no, man, yep. that's, that's great stuff. And I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm pumped for you to, to do some more 3d stuff because man, it, it, like I said, be comfortable being uncomfortable because it's, I, I need to take even my own advice with that as well. And when, when that moment comes this upcoming fall free, I have no doubt in my mind, if you put in that work, a good thing will happen to you. Yeah. Now, is there any new gear that you plan on using this year that you didn't use last year that you, you purchased or you're going to purchase and, and utilize um, this year? I've, I've switched up arrows a little bit. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence of, of what, what exactly I'm going to shoot. I, I shot the Sirius Apollos last year. Um, this year I'm going to try some of the Sirius Orions, which are real small micro diameter. Um, I, I believe in shooting a heavy arrow setup, you know, but I'm, I'm also tweaking, um, I'm lightening it up a little bit from where, where I was. Okay. You know, well, two, two well, years ago I was at like 725, ooh. which is, which is, which will get it done. You know, <laughs> I think we'll take down but, an ox, <laughs> but also that was some of the learning on that deer last year is I, I estimated him at 30. He was at 25. Well, five yards when you're shooting a, a 675 grain arrow, like I was last year makes, makes a difference, you know? Yep. So what, what's it, your, what's your goal it, for this upcoming year? To probably be in that 625 range. Okay. You know, are you using like I, a 150 I, head or one like going that route? Or are you just, I was, I was shooting a, a 200 grain head last year. Yep. Um, I might go, go down to a 150 again. Okay. And, and lighten up on the insert yeah. a little bit too. Yeah. That's but nice. I, you know, I'm a 30 inch draw. So I, you know, I'm going to, I have a lot of grains built just in the shaft itself, Yep. you know, because of that longer arrow. So nice. That'd be a fun arrow to shoot attack. <laughs> um, it, it gonna look, it gets looks. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be rolling up. You're going to need, uh, you're going to need some extra clearance on that for, you know, for what your site. Yeah. Excellent. I don't have a hundred yards in my, in that, in that bow, no. you know? Yep. I was going to say that, that for, that's for sure. Definitely need two different setups for that. Now that's cool, man. That's good. Now I'd, what, um, uh, any other, like, obviously you don't have to talk about new, like where it's at, but are you, do you plan on scouting any new upcoming areas for sheds or, um, walking around a little bit? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is like I'll be open. Like the game lands near me are are so vast. There's there's two of them that basically connect. That's almost a hundred thousand acres of ground between the two of them. Yeah. You you can't you can't break that down in one shot. So what I like to do is I'll I'll pick out an area, maybe maybe a thousand yard area, thousand acre area, and and try to learn that. Yeah. 
you know, to, to break it down into something manageable. Excellent, man. That's good to hear. What else, Dimitri? You got anything else? Any out-of-state hunts or, you know, anything different that you're going to try? Maybe going out west or, you know, another whitetail state? Um, I, I went to Kentucky last year okay. just with a friend on a rifle hunt. Um, not, not, a, I mean, I much prefer to be with archery equipment, but it was, it was just a chill trip with a buddy, you know, but I, I think I might do more public land hunting in, in closer States, maybe New York, PA or Ohio, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always fun. Like you, you watch these videos and you just, you just got to do it. You just got to go up and do it, whether you're successful or not. I mean, it's tough just because again, you know, working another full-time job, you have to take time off sometimes just to, to get the most out of it. But I think if you, if, if, if you pick the right destination, whether it be like a New York for where you're at, I mean, you could go up a couple times. Hey, maybe the weather's better up in New York for that weekend than it would be for your, your location here in PA, like go up there and, you know, get up the, up there two, three times, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, you can figure out how to hunt on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how about it, dude? I, I, it's coming. It's, it has to be coming. Yeah. It has to be coming. Has to be. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's coming maybe not soon, but it, I mean. My goal's like within three years. I would love to see it in three <laughs> years. People are probably like, you're nuts. I, th- I think the state's going to transition slowly. I think it will, I personally, I mean, I could be wrong, but I yeah. think it'll go, you know, it's three three days during the hunting season now. Maybe it'll go to five. Maybe it'll, you know, I think they'll slowly transition that and then eventually it will go. Every just give Sunday, us, just give just, us archery. Give me every Sunday in archery, and then that one for bear, one for rifle. That's okay. <laughs> that's, I, I like where you're at. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I don't know. No, man, that's good stuff. Any any last uh, remarks before we hop off, man? No, I I appreciate the time. Um, if I oh, shameless plug, if anybody is looking for serious archery equipment, um, you use the code Harvey ten. And save yourself some money Sweet, going that man. route. Nice, man. I'll definitely check that out. I know uh I know uh average Jack, I know Nate Sellers shoots some serious and all that type of stuff. And uh like you said, I'm looking definitely I those the smaller diameter shafts are, are something that I I'm you know, I like the Nexus ones. I I like the four millimeter uh Easton that that came out. I I'm a big tinker. I like to even just even if uh that's the beauty of like Lancaster. You could buy like just one arrow, <laughs> and just yeah. like build the one arrow and see how it, how it flies, if how it tunes or something along those lines. Are like yeah, maybe not so much. But yeah, man. I I listen anytime we get people that want to talk with us and and especially from PA and I mean it could be from anywhere. It doesn't matter. But we just love those people that we appreciate the support and that's first and foremost. And we get a chance to talk hunting and this is what it's about, buddy. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you for being flexible and, and tr- keep kept trying to, to come on tonight. So <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for, for having the technical listen, difficulties listen, you, early on. Don't, don't be apologetic about it because I mean, I, I get to school and I'm still like, kids are like, you don't know how to do that. I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a computer growing up. So it's like, you know, it's still new to me, but yeah. I appreciate it, man. Like, are you on Instagram or go wild or anything like that? Um, I, both actually, but, uh, Instagram, it's what does honey mean to you? Okay. And then 
go wild as wild Harvey. You know? Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, check him out and see what he's about if you're in a fellow PA hunter or up in New York or Maryland or Delaware, all that stuff. So, Jersey, check check him out. Lyle, I appreciate you taking the time, buddy, and uh, I'll get a hold of you. I got your number in, in my phone, and, uh, again, thank you so much, and check him out, and hope you enjoy this one. Thanks again, everybody. Till next time, Antler up. That's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and for the always the amazing support that you guys show us on all our channels that we use. So thank you again, everybody. Thank you so much, Lyle, for coming on. Definitely check out what he has going on as well on Go Wild and Instagram. And definitely check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube, and Go Wild pages. We're going to have some merch coming out, but we want to hear from you. What are some things that you want to see? Some hats, shirts, uh, and anything along those lines, stickers? Let us know. We're going to be putting in an order here shortly. Uh, we want what you want, so there you go. Let us know. Thanks again, everybody, for the support. Have a great week. Antler up.